Hello, one and all, and welcome to the Super Show podcast, episode number 171. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that. And by us, I mean, I'm your host for this week, Jamie, and joining me, as always, is the, is it the effervescent or the evanescence, Mr. Alex Jones? I always get confused. I think I'm the evanescence, Alex Jones. I think the saying is effervescent, like a fizzy tablet that you put in a drink. Can, can you give us your best, wake me up, please, just for the folks at home? Wake me up. There we go. Because this is an audio-visual experience. I thought, you know, there's people listening to just the listening to the podcast first. The next line. Uh, well, technically, after wake me up, he just goes, wake me up. Uh, what does she up say? Again. What does she say? Wake me. She says, wake me up. And so it's just a lot of wake me ups. Oh, right. Okay. And then eventually he goes, save me. Save me. Um, yeah, okay. exactly. What tune. Absolutely. Um, best introduction you've ever had in your life, I hope. Yeah. Um, and best opening to a podcast you've ever heard in your life with any luck. As I was mentioning before, this is a full audiovisual experience. We don't want to leave anything, any stone unturned, as we seek to deliver peak podcasting perfection for both the people watching the video version of this podcast on YouTube, shout out to you, but also the people listening to the audio version of this on platforms like Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, basically wherever you go for both audio, video, or either one independent of the other, you can probably find this podcast. And if you don't like any of that stuff, if you just want to listen to this intro, take the Super Show podcast, remove it from your life, and from that point on, only engage with us on social media. You can actually do that as well. I don't know why you'd want to, but you can head over to Twitter, for example, at Super Show Pod. That's the handle. You can speak to us. Um, and last but not least, quick shout out to Paisley Radio. They're still beaming this triumph of a podcast over the over the radio waves, microwaves, audio waves, all of the waves. I don't know. Fiber You're optic. Thinking. Fiber optic. Of the internet. We're coming through tubes into your house. Like a, an invasive gas, like a like a oh, carbon monoxide poisoning, we're slowly creeping our way into your lives, and we might kill you in your sleep. Uh, PaisleyRadio.com, Thursdays at 10 p.m. There are other parallels. Like if you listen to too much of us, you'd get a headache. Similarly, if you breathe in too much carbon monoxide, you get a headache. We might not be as deadly in the long run, but I don't know. Maybe we would be. Yeah. Do you, do you think that's a positive review? All things considered, if someone said. The Super Show is like the carbon monoxide of podcasts. You'll get a headache. They might eventually kill you if you listen to them too much, but they have a pervasive, ever-present quality that I can't shake from my life. But at least we're not odorless. Sorry, no, at least we are odorless. Not like methane or sulfur. You don't want to be oh, the sulfur yeah. of podcasts, do you? Or no. Eggy smell. That is the day that I'm not looking forward to, is when a Zuckerberg or a Musk wakes up and decides that the future is, in fact, bringing the, the promise of smell vision to the online world, to the digital world, uh, because you might want to see this podcast, you might want to listen to this podcast, but trust me, you do not want to smell it. Look at our hair. I yeah. Today. Do you know what? I I've I just had a. <laughs> this is too much information. Um. So I I mentioned this on Twitter for anyone who didn't see, it, and I didn't actually say it. We we mentioned about it on the podcast, but last week. But um, I very stupidly decided I'd go and snap my Achilles tendon in half. Um. So I'm currently wearing a very sexy space boot. Uh, which I can't take off because otherwise my foot doesn't do anything. Um, but it's it's lined with like towely lining because um, oh, yeah. I'm not supposed to take it off. Um, I've been trying to keep it on as much as possible. You can't shower with that on, Jamie. So when I have a shower, I have to either like leave my leg out or I have to like cover it with something, which means I've got uh, one, one leg which ain't getting washed. And 
my my wife the other day very graciously offered to um, wash the leg when uh, okay. and, and, and re- re- wash the lining. And um, when she took it off, she was like, that is not. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like that's a double whammy. Not only are you not showering it, but also sometimes that kind of environment can be an incubator for bad smells just as it is. I still remember, um, courtesy of my first girlfriend, um, I was introduced to what a pair of Ugg boots can do to, I was about to say a woman's feet, just about anyone's feet, when worn for a prolonged period of time with no socks. Um, which, so- I guess, well, I suppose, I, are you meant to wear socks with Ugg boots? I, I've never paired, uh, owned a pair of Ugg boots. I, don't I assumed that you were supposed, I thought Ugg boots to me looked like something that maybe like an Inuit would wear, in which case I'm thinking four pairs of socks and then Ugg boots, but maybe not. But if you were wearing them as a fashion accessory, because they're, they're so soft and comfy as well by the looks of things. Again, are, are they on the inside as well? Yeah, that's what they look like. I thought that was the whole idea. I don't know. Can I? Could I pull off a pair of Ugg boots? Is that something like only women and gay guys get to do is wear Ugg boots? No, no. I th- I, th- I think you'd be breaking down some ba- interesting barriers if you went to that look. Stereotypes. And- yeah, we, we've talked openly on this podcast about your choice in footwear before. I feel like it actually wouldn't be that adventurous for you. Let, I, I want to know in the chat. Let me know if I, if I wore Ugg boots, would, would I get funny looks? Would people think that I was doing something I shouldn't be doing? Is it, is it allowed in this, this, de- this day and age? Uh, shout out to, let me give a quick shout out to a couple of people in chat because I liked getting the podcast. Anyway, just so you know, we're actually, it's almost like a proof. I don't have to prove that we're live, but it is nice to let you guys know we're doing it live. Shout out to Joel, Classy Cat. Magli Brooks plays coming all the way from Washington State, USA. Uh, Once It Wonder and Jack Martinka, um, all in the chat. So it's good um, to have you guys listening along live, watching. Along yeah. Apologies for all the talk about stinky feet that I started. No, these things happen in the world of podcasting. One, th- one second you're talking about carbon monoxide poisoning, the next second you're talking about uh, being introduced to the uh, the powerful impact a pair of Ugg boots can have to a woman's feet during um, or just prior to intercourse. Turns out, uh, if you are preparing for said intercourse, telling your girlfriend that her feet smell not the best, not like not the best way to initiate, you know, the series of events that you're hoping would follow. That not the best form of foreplay. That's a bold move, Cotton. That's yeah, turn, the other turns out turns, turns out sixteen year old girls very sensitive about that kind of thing. I should clarify this story taking place many many years ago. I do not currently uh, seek the companionship of 16-year-old girls. Oh, you've just reminded me of a joke that I saw online earlier, and it was very bad taste, and I will tell you after the show. I'm, I'm oh, you can't tease it. people like that. I, do you know what? I might... No, it is very bad taste. I'm, I might uh, I might drop it in the Discord if, if anyone asks. I might tell them, but it's. I just wouldn't want people to think that we were advocating the kind of humor but it was it was one of those where you kind of go ha ha or it's one of them yeah yeah it hurt but it was i know the type and i i also know that your mentioning of dropping it in the discord later on is just your way of trying to plug the fact that we do uh offer discord access to people who back us on patreon yeah more on that later but for now jonesy how how do you feel about talking about video games oh i would absolutely love to okay do you want the good news or the bad news uh, do you know what? I'm a bad news first kind of guy because then the good okay. news makes up. Okay. The bad news is that we have to talk about uh, Microsoft and their court case against the FTC in their pursuit of the acquisition of Activision Blizzard. That's the bad news. Okay. All right. Yeah, this has been dragging. All right. What's the good news? Yeah. This might be the last time we ever talk about it. 
depending on a few other factors. In fact, I actually, and, and I'll clarify, this is probably the last time we're going to talk about this particular court case. When it comes to the impact this acquisition could have for the years to come, obviously we're going to be feeling the shockwaves, the ripple effect of this acquisition for many, many years. Um, but yeah, hopefully this is the last time I have to say the letters FTC in this podcast for like, I'm hoping at least six months, but then who knows what's going to be happening by next week. That Yeah, that is true. It could all, um, it could all kick off with someone else. Oh God, exactly. Another combination of three letters we have to not only get used to saying, but also remember what they stand for in case someone presses, like, Federal Trade Commission? Is that my only still? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, um, the reason there is some sort of finality to the story, Jonesy, is because Microsoft won its US court case to acquire Activision Blizzard. Um, FTC's motion for a preliminary injunction was denied on Tuesday. Um, we've been kind of covering this court case a little bit as, it, as it's been going, let's be honest. Kind of like with the Johnny Depp situation, when you pulled out some of the quotes and heard some of the sort of the reactions, the some of the things that lawyers were saying, some of the the reactions that judges gave, we kind of knew which way um, that it was going to go for a little while. It seemed like it might have been prolonged for a second. Um, the FTC uh, made a made a subsequent emergency motion to pause the closing of the transaction, but that was also denied, which meant that coming into this week, Microsoft basically had a clear route through to uh, closing the deal with one small exception, and that is, of course, as we covered a couple of months ago when it first happened, the CMA here in the UK, there is still some business to be done there. But as of tonight, it looks like um, they are going to get a temporary extension past that July 18th deadline, um, and that the CMA and uh, and the and Microsoft are going to negotiate something out of court. Um, who knows what that might look like? But the long and the short of this, Jonesy, is that the end is in sight, and this deal might finally get closed. How do you feel as a neutral? Uh, I, <laughs> other than relieved. Yeah, it's, it is a tricky one because so so we've often said like we are whilst we kind of have different allegiances to different you know companies, different uh, publishers, yeah, you know, different platforms, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, um, we are pro people getting to play as many games as possible, and I think we've said that time and time again. So we would we generally wouldn't want to like say. Uh, that we endorse something or we're happy about something that's going to stop people being able to play but it didn't seem like that's what Microsoft were doing with this deal it did just it seemed like um, they were just trying to you know do what Microsoft do and position themselves to make games and get them out there and it, they decided to buy Activision so I wasn't against it I didn't have anything against it I, I could see why maybe PlayStation were a bit worried about you know the purchase of Activision be specifically from the COD angle but um it didn't seem likely that uh, Microsoft were going to pull it, pull COD from PlayStation anyway. I think, as we talked about before, why would they? It's yeah. absolutely massive. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm not against this. I don't think that's much of a problem. There was some interesting issues around this specifically because there was talk that like the FTC were almost doing this as a little bit of a middle finger to Microsoft in some weird respects, or like they were doing it just to be a bit difficult. And then there was obviously the chat about the fact that. The FTC and the CMA in England were talking behind closed doors, which is a bit yes. Um, so yeah, so all in all, I think I don't think this is a bad thing. I think this is fine, um, and long may games continue to come out as many platforms as possible. We will miss some games on PlayStation because of this deal, and you know we know that's going to happen. Um, but this is say, PlayStation do the same thing. Nintendo do would do yeah. the same thing if they were going to do it. Uh, there are other companies that do the same thing for like PC games and stuff. It's it's nothing. Um, yeah. So yeah. No. In, yeah. In fact, 
you know, there were multiple occasions that people pointed out as these proceedings have been rumbling on of times where uh, Sony was... I, I, I'm not going to suggest that Sony was posturing, but Sony at least appeared to be very concerned about the future of Call of Duty, the quality of Call of Duty on PlayStation platforms, the, the amount of content um, that Call of Duty is related or Call of Duty adjacent content coming to PlayStation platforms in the future, while they themselves continue to sign and promote exactly the kind of uh, deals that you're talking about, exclusive content, exclusive DLC, getting content early. And you're right, like the exclusives game, the exclusives war is going to rumble on. And the weird thing is, like, what we, we talked, God, maybe, a, I don't even know how long ago, a year ago, whenever it was, about some of the dormant franchises Activision have and some of the even, you know, alive and well franchises that Activision have. And when you look at their kind of their pool of, IPs and you take Call of Duty out of it and you imagine even if everything else became an Xbox exclusive there's not that many like super super heavy hitters there's a lot of fan favorites and a lot of things that could be a big deal if they got resurrected um but you're right Call of Duty seemed like the main battleground uh no pun intended um and I think I think PlayStation have kind of come out of this okay um one qu sorry go for it I was just gonna say because obviously I remember that back in when one of the main things PlayStation tried to say was that um, Call of Duty was its own genre and was yeah. a fact. Uh, that's what, so that, so buying Activision and only being able to release COD, if they decided to only put COD out on Xbox would effectively mean they had a monopoly on that genre. And I think at the time we laughed and said, it's just, it's not a genre. Like there are, there are loads of other games in that genre. Like, what are you talking about? And Sony was, I think you tried to say carefully, Sony were posturing. They, they yes, they were. They absolutely. Well, yeah, we we saw emails from Jim Ryan saying we'll be fine no matter what. Like he behind closed doors, they were they didn't seem particularly nearly as concerned as they did um, in public about the uh, the knock on effects of this still going through. One thing that people are wondering though, Jonesy, is that whether or not PlayStation could have come out of this with an even better situation than they have done. Because um, following the news, Phil Spencer has confirmed that a binding agreement has been signed with regards to Call of Duty's presence on uh, PlayStation consoles. Uh, the deal supposedly lasts for the next decade, so I don't. Uh, let's say that I don't know if that includes this year's release, but let's say up to 2033, we're going to continue to see Call of Duty on PlayStation consoles. Are you smiling because 2033 just sounds like a made-up year? It's the future. The yeah, I know. 10 years, 20... That's, I was thinking, Jesus, the next big decade marker after 2033 is 2040. Like... Yeah. That's something out of a like feel when I was a kid, films set in the future was set in like the early two thousands. Yeah. Sorry. Exactly. Anyway. Yeah. No, no, you're just spot like if Philip K. Dick had its way, like cars would be flying and, and all sorts of things would be happening by now. But instead here we are arguing about Call of Duty. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, the future and the the future the future of the past always seemed more interesting. Yeah. But there we go. Uh so, I mean, yeah, 2033, as far off as it sounds, uh, some kind of uh, Call of Duty presence um, on PlayStation platforms up until that point. If we had to guess, you'd probably say it goes beyond that, because unless something drastic happens to the Call of Duty IP in the next decade, you're not going to turn down the potential billions of dollars in revenue generated by that platform. But we talked about, you know, uh, last week we talked about some of the numbers around uh, PlayStation owners who only play Call of Duty or mostly play Call of Duty it's still a massive platform for them, and you're leaving a lot of money on the table by not releasing it there. So, um, 
that makes sense. One thing that Phil Spencer did note, though, was that uh, the deal that has been signed was ready to be signed, was on the table for, quote, months. Which, again, do you think that's part of the posturing from Jim Ryan and PlayStation? Or do you genuinely think they were holding out for something better? Maybe to, to be fair, I think at this point that maybe they were chancing it a little bit and they thought, blimey, the FTC may actually stop them from merging with Activision. And if right. that's the case, why would we take this deal? Like, you know, that I, I suppose you don't want to be seen to giving it your seal of approval in any capacity. And by doing a deal to keep, you know, in the event, we want to do a deal to keep COD on our platform. It's almost like, uh, I suppose, maybe the FTC, the, the judge or whoever... Microsoft could have said, hey, look, Sony aren't even that bothered because they've signed a deal to keep it on their platform. Um, yeah. So I, I think maybe that's part of it. And so Sony were like, no, let's play our hand first. And then if that doesn't work, then we'll do the deal. And Because like you said, Microsoft aren't going to want to um, leave that money on the table. It's it's too big. Yeah. It, 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 in some years, it is the biggest, um, as big as you can get. Uh, the question, though, in the aftermath of uh, Phil Spencer announcing that that agreement had been signed was whether or not PlayStation could have actually got a, well, a different agreement out of this whole situation and whether or not that agreement would have been a better one um, because Microsoft have confirmed to The Verge that they originally offered uh, PlayStation a different deal that would have seen, quote, existing Activision console titles on Sony platforms remain there until the end of 2027. To obviously... That is, I, I think at the time they offered it, that would have been a five-year guarantee rather than a 10-year guarantee. The difference in the wording here is that while at, the, at now Sony have signed a deal that will only see Call of Duty guaranteed on their platforms for the next 10 years, this deal would have, as they said, seen existing Activision console titles remain there, um, which means that future entries in, say, the Spyro series or the Crash Bandicoot series would have had to have come out on PlayStation platforms. That's no longer the case. Um, and again, the amount of sway power, con like franchises like that, franchises like that actually have nowadays, hard to say. But if you go on Twitter, where people like to change their avatars and their profile pictures to their favorite console mascots or or you know video game characters, um, Crash Bandicoot and uh, Spyro fans will tell you that they are up in arms at the fact that their beloved franchises may now lo no longer be coming to PlayStation if. Xbox and Microsoft decide to flex that exclusivity muscle just a little bit, which I, I kind of, selfishly, I kind of want them to do. Why do you want them to do it? Because this is going to make me say, well, part of it is just like a be an agent of chaos kind of thing, right? But it's also because I, I have a PC, I have Game Pass, everything that Xbox and, and Microsoft do with any Activision Blizzard property from now on in the realms of exclusivity is going to come my way via that, uh, in, in you know, in, in some way, shape, or form. And so, if I get to get if if I get to play the games I want and laugh at losers on Twitter who are upset that they can't play Spyro, then I get the best of both worlds. No, I'm I'm not with you there. Like, so, so um, there's there's been other stories this week about how you know the way that games work these days, and we and I think you've only got to look at streaming platforms. Um, and the annoying way, and like digital platforms in general, and the annoying way that, uh, a personal story, I bought, I thought I'd bought the first two seasons of Attack on Titan on Amazon Prime. Uh, right. On video, digital video. Uh, it's no longer available anymore. So I spent real money buying that, and I now can't watch it. Um, and so if you told me that you can't play classic uh, Crash 
on PlayStation and the only way to get it unless I deleted it from my PlayStation and then I wanted to re-download oh. it from the, from the marketplace. And I could absolutely see a situation whereby the ability to re-download a game from the marketplace is taken away because Activision owned the rights. And if I'm like, hold on, I owned that game. I owned the um, Insane Trilogy and now I can't buy it and I didn't own a disc version. I only have a PlayStation 5 digital. Suddenly I'm like, oh, that's I want to be clear. I'm not I'm not in favor of that. I was talking about new titles in those franchises being exclusive to Xbox um or the or the Xbox ecosystem I should say. Right. So solely so I can laugh at people online. I'm less bothered. And I and I stand by my right to do so. Oh yeah. I don't I'm not in favor of of Xbox and Phil Spencer going like, "Hey, no one owns any game they've bought that we now." Like you can't that's not how this works. Um I think that is exactly how it would work in the future. Uh, so, so for example, like I'm saying, uh, I would imagine. I mean, I'll have to. I'd have to check into this to see if it, if I'm right. I'm pretty sure that if you'd have bought the Insane trilogy uh, yeah. after the deal, and then and Crash is not included in the distribution uh, to be on PlayStation, if you deleted the game and tried to re-download it, I think you would find that you couldn't. I I may be wrong. I don't, I'll have to find a lawyer. Yeah, because games like a uh, game ownership changes hands all the time. Like. That's like that's like saying uh, Embracer Group just bought all the rights to you know a bunch of Square Enix's Western IPs like yeah. Tomb Raider for example, but like that's like saying if Embracer now signed a deal with PlayStation for exclusivity of to- for Tomb Raider exclusivity, then Xbox users wouldn't be able to download Shadow of the Tomb Raider anymore or in the future potentially. I don't know if it works that works that way. I think it does. Okay, interesting. I, I, but like, like I said, I'm not a lawyer. I would need to. I would need to check into that. But that see, this is the this is the cheeky, weird ass world that they we've fallen into, and no one realizes because we all think it's like a a shop that's just selling a title. Whereas the reality yeah. is, it's like no, it doesn't work like that. Like if it disappears from the like, like exactly like I'm saying, like Attack on Titan. I've been stung now. I can't watch that on Amazon. And I was kind of like, but I own it. And then it was, I was like, oh, uh, hold on, I don't. Own you it. leased it. I yeah, I leased it. I leased it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like we, we we've always talked about the the day that Steam goes down the drain, which you know yes. seems like it will never happen. It, like it seems like an impossibility, but you don't own any of those games. Um, and the day Steam go like the, the yeah, well, we've all been there. We've all run that kind of thought exercise, and some people may have suffered firsthand with a service or a platform disappearing and their ability to re-download content that they bought and theoretically owned disappearing with it. Um. Yeah, it's scary. And we were talking prior to this. I, unfortunately, I didn't add it to the document, so we don't have any notes in front of us about yeah the idea of like the the percentage of games through the history of video games that are like that have essentially already disappeared. Um, yeah, is is startlingly high, and we've already kind of passed the cutoff point where it's going to uh, increasingly accelerate in that direction. It is. I, mean, I will just say, like, I'm, I don't want to fear monger and people to start to freak out that they're going to like this is going to happen. I would. I, I, reality for me, what what would happen is Xbox would say, "Oh, well, now we're taking all those games off your platform," and then obviously Jim and now their best mates, Jim would then speak to uh, Phil and be like, "Hey, man, how much to keep uh, all the back catalog that ex- currently exists on Sony's marketplace?" And Jim will go, oh, "All right, I'll give you a number," and then and they'll do a deal and it'll stay. Like, I don't think yeah. it's, it's not um, the end of it. It's not all she wrote. Just because this deal happens, it's not the end of the conversation. Yeah. And I, I suppose that's one nice thing in and amongst all of this is that, and like, I've got to be careful because I know we're talking about major 
uh, either billion or trillion dollar corporations and we're talking about you know executives and ceos and we're talking about how they present themselves versus how they actually um, maneuver and navigate behind the scenes but if we are going to take things at face value phil spencer does seem like someone who is trying to um move the games industry in a better direction on all fronts um and of course he has the xbox brand to defend and he has you know he he has a vested interest in making sure that xbox is a successful platform by whichever metrics they're pursuing at any given point in time but he doesn't necessarily seem like he's desperate to do that at the expense of of a rival and he's not looking at the games industry as a as a zero-sum game where there have to be winners for there have to be losers for someone to be a winner you know there can everyone can be a winner in their own way i totally agree I think Phil, out of all the all the people of that caliber in the games industry, he seems like the most candid, the most sort of open to being honest with people. And when he says, "I want gamers to be able to play games," I believe him. Like I, I don't think I, I don't get me wrong. I think they would like because they effectively said, "Like, look, we've lost the console war. We know it's not even a question." But I think as we've said it loads of times. Like I think Microsoft are trying to position themselves to. Um, like be the victors overall in say 10 15 years time to be the biggest kid on the block with you know the best offerings and the best kind of ways of playing games i think they've they don't i don't necessarily think they're that bothered about where they're at, at the moment um i think they're just trying to get they want the industry to be as big as possible so they have as many people to potentially play their games as possible i think that's where microsoft are at which, uh, and xbox are at which is can only be a good thing i suppose i hope so uh remains to be seen like i said the kind of the ripple effect of, of a deal like this, of this magnitude, which is, you know, unbelievably big uh, in terms of, and unprecedentedly big in terms of the history of the games industry, is going to be felt for a long time. And it's this weird thing where it's actually, we're probably not going to notice it at all for many years, and then it's going to slowly start to um, grow in significance as as Xbox as a platform and as a as a player in the games industry kind of shifts and, and, and changes shape to adapt to, as I said, whatever kind of metrics they're trying to fulfill at any given point, which at the moment points towards the ecosystem and points towards Game Pass and points towards uh, potentially some cloud um, stuff in the future. So we will wait and see. Basically, what I'm what I'm trying to say is, Jonesy, we might not notice the impact of this uh, acquisition this time next year, but when Prototype comes back in 20... I'm going to say 20, 2032... Yep. That's when we'll start to, as an Xbox exclusive, that's when we'll notice it. Prototype 3, be there or be square. Are you in? I'm in. I'm there. I want Prototype 3. Yeah. I think the world does. Bring back Prototype. Bring back Tony Hawk's. Well, bring back Tony Hawk's in in a major way. Make a real, scrub the previous Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 and make a real Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. And then bring back Guitar Hero. And these are all completely unrealistic. Yeah, unrealistic yeah see, I, it's it. How frustrating is it to know that that will never happen? That the plastic instrument revolution has died and will never return. I did I tell you? Upset. Did I tell you that I bought Rocksmith? Yeah, yeah, I remember you did. Yeah, I was that. I missed it that much that I was like, sod it. I'm getting an electric guitar and I'm. Getting I'll Rocksmith. do it with a real guitar instead. And I suck, but I'm you know I'm I'm trying. I'm practicing slowly. What, yeah. All I want to be able to do is shred the uh, solo on Hotel California like I used to do back on Guitar Hero or Rock Band, whichever one it was. I can't remember. The, yeah, I, I get it. The, the hope of the aspiration. It's like dream versus reality. Right now, the dream is 
solo to Hotel California, the reality is you're probably going to get slightly inebriated one night and play a crude version of Wonderwall to an audience of eight people at half speed. But it all counts, right? It all counts. As long as you feel it, that's what matters, Jamie. Yes. And if you're feeling this podcast, then you can let us know and support us by heading over to patreon.com forward slash super show. That is the place to go if you want to pledge a little bit of money every month to help us continue to produce this unbelievably engaging, unbelievably entertaining product that you are consuming uh, right now. And uh, it's not just supporting us and helping us keep going that you're doing. You're also getting a little bit of a kickback in the form of a number of different rewards. We mentioned earlier that we, of course, have a Discord server where Jonesy shares all his smutty jokes that aren't safe for podcasts. Uh, that is a reward if you signed up at the $2 tier on the Patreon. Um, there's a $5 tier, a $10 tier, bunch of other stuff, Patreon-exclusive podcasts, Patreon-exclusive videos. It's all, all already there, a library of stuff for you to enjoy if you do head over to patreon.com forward slash super show and see fit to support us. Uh, there are some names on screen right now of some fine folk that have already gone over there and done just that. So a big shout out to all of them. And also... A personal shout-out to Aaron Cameron, Athletic Gravy, Brimstone, Cole K, Ice Nolt Rock Salt, Jesper Camdahl Nielsen, Leo Merger, Mindful Pig, Mr. Anthropic, Pastors Guild, and of course, we have the big dogs, the head honchos, the, um, what's a good one like there, uh, the, the, the Big Max, I'm really, I've run out of time, I'm really sorry, Brett C, aka Shellshock, Geometric Potter, Hacksaw Book Read, Manuel Guerrero, and Peaswad. Um, I'd like to apologize to those five individuals specifically that I couldn't come up with anything better than Big Macs. Um, uh, we were under some time restraints that I hadn't really considered. Um, doing this podcast live is, is challenging, and I promise to improve in the future. Jonesy, anything to offer? Uh, what, on Big Macs? Yeah. Uh, the Didgeridoo's. The di the didgeridoo. See, we're already improving. Um, big cheeses. Better than Big Macs. Similar, but better. The daddy's cool. Let, let, I, I don't want to go into daddy territory. Uh, <laughs> I've already I've already had uh, Discord messages from Manuel Guerrero asking me to call him daddy, and we're not gonna we're not gonna again, folks. That when we make a Patreon tier, that's like I don't even know how much that would need to be. We'll get there. Used socks, bath water. Voice messages where I call you daddy. Body all the time. But hey, uh, never say never. Never say never. At the moment, we have a tough enough time just recording one live podcast a week. So, you know, I'd say we kind of, you know, hedge our bets a little bit for now. But, you know, the future's bright. The future's orange, Jonesy, as they say. Indeed. Uh, speaking of bright futures, Nintendo have a, uh, a, a very bright sounding video game in their future. And you've played it already by some miracle, haven't you? Uh, I have indeed. I've played the Pikmin 4 demo. Hey, Pikmin uh, fan rejoice. I Your segment has arrived. Yeah, I kept seeing so much about Pikmin 4. Um, and I, you know, even when they do kid stuff, and this is very kid seeming, I don't know what, what they were, how you'd frame it. Um, but I've thought, hey, uh, it's, it's Nintendo. It's going to be well made. It's going to be cute and fun. Um, let me give the Pikmin 4 demo a little whirl. So I did. I uh, played it for probably a couple of hours. And it is exactly what you would expect. It is cute. It is fun. It has got some sort of engaging mechanics. Um, there are some adorable little Pikmin that follow you around. They um, 
pretty cartoony little world. Uh, you're a you're a little spaceman, Jamie, probably about one inch tall, and you're wandering around um, a garden in the demo I was doing, and you're attempting to find shiny objects that can be uh, absorbed by your spaceship and turned into fuel, um, and also mm -hmm. finding Pikmin of different colors that have different abilities um, to defeat enemies and do tasks for you. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not a Pikmin guy. People get so bent out of shape about Pikmin. It's, it's like a, a Animal Crossing all over again. And I'm just like, I've oh, never right. played a Pikmin. I played, I played Pikmin Go, whatever it was called, the um, mobile one. And yeah. it was fine. Um, it was actually a little bit more engaging maybe than like Pokemon Go, personally, because I'm not wedded to Pokemon. Um, and the way that you can like, send these little groups of little flower guys off to collect stuff for you was, was cute and was fine. Um, but one thing that I found interesting about the Pikmin 4 demo was after I'd played probably like maybe an hour and a half ago or so, I could not get on my Switch for the fact that my four-year-old was obsessed with it. And he kept saying, I'm playing Pikmin, I'm playing Pikmin all the time. Um, and he loved it. So Had he heard of Pikmin prior to jumping on the demo? He had not. He had not heard of it. Well, so the I'm playing Pikmin was purely a, a refrain born out of delight for the fact that he was playing Pikmin. Yeah, it was, it was literally, uh, the, I, so it was me, yeah. I was playing it. He, of course, the second you touch anything, as a parent, the kids go, what are you playing? And then uh, he then yeah. sat and watched me play for about 20 minutes and kept saying, can I play? Can I play? And eventually I said, all right, you can play. And so then he spent, yeah, a couple of hours playing pick, playing the Pikmin. I mean, if you played for an hour and a half and he got a couple of hours, that's that's some good leverage. Like, that's good mileage for a demo. Uh, it's, it's a demo whereby, so you need a certain amount of um, fuel in order to uh, finish the demo. And because he's four, he just walked around doing everything he wasn't supposed to do. Oh, right. Okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he got a lot of mileage out of it. Which, so, yeah, no, he, he enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it too. It was fun. It was fun. Does this now mean that that is a must-buy in the Jones household when it releases? I'm not going it... say that. Okay. When's it out? I'll look that up while you... I think it's the 25th, I want to say. I might be wrong. Of this, of this month? Yeah, I believe it's quite soon. Um, mm. Maybe I'm wrong, actually. No, I think I'm. I have no idea. I'm getting confused. No, no, you're right. It's this. It's the twenty first of this month, 21st. which is Friday. Sooner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I th it's one of those games where I would like to see some uh, reviews about it and see whether or not there's more to it, whether it opens up, uh, whether it is just this more of the same. Because if it's more of the same in the demo, then I'll give it a pass personally. Because whilst it was fun uh, and cute, it wasn't anything that sort of blew me away. Um, even though the kids would love it, I probably. Uh, you know, will save the £900 it costs to buy a Nintendo game uh, when it first comes out. Uh, yes. Uh, but no, but if, if it opens out and becomes, you know, a Nintendo game like they often do, whereby there's so much more going on and it becomes this epic sort of thing. Um, like, oh, gee, my kids play Kirby all the time. They, my seven-year-old has completed Kirby like four times. Like, he absolutely loves it. Um, yeah. And the playability of that. But he's See, obsessed. When I hear that, that just tells me that's another reason to not have to buy Pikmin uh, a release unless you personally really want it. Because if I had a kid that was satisfied playing Kirby over and over and over again, I would just never buy the. I, I but I would wait until the latest possible moment to buy another game for them to play. Because well, yeah, that I do them. normally. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I do normally like free free Minecraft mods keep them going forever. Yeah, like, you don't need to spend any money. Just like. You just reminded me, are they Roblox kids? They are, they are Roblox They are, okay. Because that's that's an infinite number of games within the game. Oh, they are so crap, most of them, though. Like, terribly crap. Some of them are quite good. Some of them are quite, uh, have got some chops. 
Um, or even if they don't have the chops, they're quite interesting ideas. The vast majority are complete trash. <laughs> like yeah. utter trash. Uh, you won't be laughing when you yeah when you come home from work one day and your four year old has accidentally developed a game within Roblox that has generated three million dollars in revenue. I would then I'm like yeah yeah then I'll be then I'll be going what an amazing platform I love it yeah exactly. Um, speaking of amazing platforms, Jonesy, um, I, I I I I've been away this past week as you know I was in um, Norway, which means I wasn't doing a whole lot of gaming. Um, but I did want to give a shout out to uh, PlayStation Plus uh, because they have um, introduced a particularly well-timed release this month uh, of Alan Wake Remastered, which uh, was one of those games. Alan Wake Remastered was something that if you told me it came out in like 2014 when Tomb Raider Definitive Edition came out, I totally believe you. But it came out like 18 months ago um, and has a, a PS5 and an Xbox Series S and X version. So only 18 months ago. Yeah, it was the end of 2021. I know, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a pro. Don't me wrong. It's approaching two years, but for the for the sake of uh, I am listening. I'm going to have to shut the window because it will. A fly just came in. Freaking. Oh, listen to Mr. Jonesy. One fly comes into his room and he has to get up and shut his window. Look at that view, everyone. The camera shaking like he's having sex right now. Um, that's something that uh, all your listeners are going to have to go over to YouTube for. Top secret. Um, nice. Are you going to get really hot now? Is that how that works? You're going to get really sweaty. Uh, no, I've, I've, you know what? I've got aircon on, so it should be all right. But I usually oh, be, the aircon takes so long to kick in, and the room I'm in gets so hot. I usually start with the windows open until the bugs start coming in for the light when it gets too. Oh right, yeah. For reference, for everyone listening to this after the fact, it is half past ten at night locally, um, which means Jonesy, Jonesy's recording room is probably like one of those lights. That's for those you know those ones that zap flies. Yeah. They're always hanging out on the porch in people who live in, like, Louisiana in the movies or something like that. It's how they communicate the fact to you that, hey, like, this is a slightly swampy environment and it's nighttime. Yes, and then you can... The little one yeah. by yeah, Fly Zapper. That's, envi- that's environmental storytelling, folks. Jonesy and I are available for hire for any of your narrative needs going forward. I heard Fable might have a slot going. Um, but yeah, I was going to say Alan Wake... Um, Definitely more of a remaster than a remake, but um, there is absolutely uh, no question that uh, that that game has been released now because they're trying to get as many people to play the first Alan Wake before the second Alan Wake comes out. Because you want to know something really trippy, Jonesy? Hell yeah! The um, the horrible thing about July is that it is only three months before October. How does that work? That is someone said that someone said to me the other day about it being September in two months and that kind of. That freaked me out enough, but the fact, yeah, when you say like that until October, that's terrifying. Because yeah. when, when we get to the end of this month, it'll be it's three months to uh, Halloween, which to me is like the doorway to Christmas period. So that's yeah. terrifying. That is terrifying. Yeah, especially for anyone whose wallets are still recovering from the kind of the the spring and early summer onslaught of video games. Because yeah, October is when things really get fired up. October seventeenth. Um, so. Three months to the day until Alan Wake 2. Um, so if you want to get your AW fix, PlayStation Plus, the place to go. So I, I, I added to my library. I haven't downloaded it yet. I started playing it on uh, Game... I believe it was on Game Pass. Yes. It was this for a little while ago, right? Like, I, I have a vague recollection of you starting it. Yes, and I, and I wanted to play more of it. Problem was, um, Game Pass is on my PC, which is not in my house, and so I don't often get to play it. Uh, didn't get to game on it that often. Um, so now this on PlayStation, I'm like, yeah, I'm absolutely going to hop on that and play it. 
Um, because yeah, like I, I want to. I've not finished that game, and I would love to before Alan Wake Two comes out. Um, but you did just remind me because I completely forgot about this. So I, the Alan Wake is going to be the next game I was going to play when I finished Jedi Survivor. Um, because I've not finished oh. Jedi Survivor yet. Um, just wanted to give a little update. I, I don't like to talk about games as mid playing because I think they're quite boring, especially games that have been out for a couple of months. Um, I'll give a little update though for Jedi Survivor. That okay. game is buggier than I would have liked. That I've encountered yeah. some very fucking annoying, like nothing, nothing game breaking usually just frustrating but i've actually so i've actually recorded a couple of videos on my playstation and i'm gonna upload them as shorts onto my channel just because i feel like i want to show i've captured a few choice things that have kind of made me go like how they're not fixed this yet so and what like one example is um and people haven't played it you get a power where um on playstation you hold r1 and press triangle or x and you can raise and lower uh elements of the environment um and there's one section where you need to like raise these three uh, rocks out of water and go from one to the other. I can't. I do. I can't even select the one that I want to select to make it. Is it? Is this an area where, for the story purposes, you've just gone into like this big, uh, like starship thing? That's it's like the swamp area. Yes. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I had. I. I know the exact place you're talking about. I tried it like six times, and I was like, I'm moving on. Uh, so, so I. I. And I, I screen recorded because I was like, this can't be. It's one of those things where you think, "Am I trying to run this backwards? Like, does the is it part of a level that actually wants me to come up oh. from a different direction?" And the reason it's not working is because I'm trying to do this in reverse. I'm not supposed to do it. But then I, I looked from every direction I could. I used the map, and I was like, "No, no, no. There's there's a collectible up there, and I'm supposed to use this to get up there, and it's just bugging out. And it's it's happened to me about three or four different times now, where for no reason, like something just seems real glitchy, real buggy." Um, Often in a in a side quest or something like part of the environment, part of the scenery, which isn't necessarily like massively important. But yeah, um yeah, come on, remedy. Um not remedy, respawn. Respawn, yeah. Respawn. Remedy I mean apologies from remedy to respawn. Yeah, exactly. Um but yeah, no, come on, come on, respawn, sort it out. Yeah. Especially because I don't know, like I don't want to be too harsh because I overall I came down sort of like net positive on Survivor, but fallen order was in a kind of rough-ish shape when that launched and you'd hope that one of the well of course the, the you know that the 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 scale has increased um between full order and survivor and the spectacle and there are some you know very impressive improvements over the over over its predecessor you kind of hope that a little bit of time would have also been set aside to kind of you know smooth out some of those rougher edges and the fact that so many of them are not just were not just present at launch but clearly as you're attesting to still present what I'll be three months later, um, and then yeah, Liver Palmer at launch. I get it, even even if you told me a month in, but that's the sort of stuff that I would have thought would be. And this is the thing I say that I think I know you hate, which is like they should seem like things that are relatively easy bugs to fix. Um, the fact that they haven't been fixed yet is a little bit frustrating. Um, I, I will say that, that as well, like that game. There's a little too much reliance on. Should we go back here? Do you want to go back there? You can go back, and then you're like, oh. Oh yeah, I think I thought there would be double the number of visitable. Is that a word? Visible, visitable locations or visitable planets in that game, and they do a lot with the size of some of them, and and the speed at which they roll out the kind of explorable areas of some parts of certain maps. Like there are very big places that you try and explore early on, and you're like, 
oh, clearly I need to come back here later. But as you, one of the things I actually, I don't know if you remember me talking about this at the time, but it taps into what you're saying. When you have a big area that you go back to four times, each time with new traversal abilities, you don't know if this is the time that you're allowed to now go to that place you couldn't go before. Yes. And so there were times where I'd go, I'm back on this planet. I've got this power now so I can go through this area. And I would go there, traverse that area, and 10 seconds later, come up against another thing uh, that I still didn't have a traverse. So I was like, actually, I still wasn't supposed to be here. This is for like three visits time when I can, I don't know, do a quadruple jump and then a backflip and then a Jedi pull and then a whatever combination of Cal Kester's tricks he does to get through fucking green walls or whatever they are. Uh, no, yeah, one hundred percent, totally agree with you. Um, yeah. So, so the green wall thing, I've now I can now get through the um, the little yellow floating uh, drone things that you can jump on top of. I can now use those. But I and since the beginning of the game, I've been seeing those uh, electricity conduits, which I okay. cannot. Yeah, I cannot use. And I think I literally yep. walked up to one recently and i even said to uh, bd hey bd anything you can do with this and he's like bleep, bleep. <laughs> and that was it yes and i'm like oh great because it, the problem is like with a game like metroid uh, uh metroid dread right um i think it that did that brilliantly like that the way that it sort of said oh no you knew oh, i'll have to come back here later in the game when there's a, a thing i can do that you do that they gave you reason to go back and retread all the ground they even changed the layout the environment um to make that viable it feels a little like Fallen Order wants you to want to do it because you want to see what's behind uh, those green doors or what's behind those electric yeah. conduits. Yeah. And already I can kind of tell that I don't care. Um, right. Once I finish the game, I don't think I'm going to be like, I really need to see what Cal looks like with a, a D'Artagnan uh, moustache. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, Metroid Dread was like, improve your missile capacity. Jedi Survivor's like, you know, how 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 do you like a mullet and a Hannibal mustache? It's like I'll look at that stuff in the menu, but I'm not going to equip it. Like, yeah, it's it's um, so like it's bizarre. Yeah. They could have had so many, like the, the stances thing. You would have thought that would be the easiest thing to add in. Like, oh, you don't. And they do. They do have a couple of them. Like, you don't get the stance immediately, but they just give you most, like all of them. It seems very early on. Whereas it feels like they should have meted those out much more slowly through the course of the game. Um, but maybe they didn't want to, you know, limit you like that. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. I yeah, agree. anyway. No, um, all fair points. Uh, Jedi Survivor, a, an interesting game that I still feel conflicted about. Although, I was, it was interesting you mentioning it there because I don't remember some parts of it that well. And do you know one thing that is happening this year that I, I wonder if you can speak to at all? Um, like... It feels like games are disappearing from um, both individual and collective consciousnesses, uh -huh. conscious nigh, uh, very quickly. And I had a moment earlier where um, I was on Twitch and someone who I follow was like, oh, I'm going to do a Tears of the Kingdom stream. And I genuinely had a moment where I went, oh, yeah, Tears of the Kingdom. Like that. Oh, yeah, that game. That game that came out got like 98 on Metacritic was all anyone wanted to talk about for two weeks. And then when they got bored of making, like, uh, crucifixes and penises, like, you almost... It's just... Like, is that just me and my weird, like, social media, you know? No. Like, 
Okay, good. No, that so T- Tears of the Kingdom is an interesting one because I I played some Tears of the Kingdom. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Want to play more Tears of the Kingdom? For me though, and I, and I know the you know the the Zelda uh, faithful out there will be really annoyed me saying, but I think even with Breath of the Wild, like the, the same problem persists with to me, which is it's a very big, very lush open world, but actually like the story and everything behind it is completely forgettable. I don't care about it at all. And so it becomes a sandbox to have fun in. And I think that's what um, a lot of people, that's what they really lent into with uh, uh, Tears of the Kingdom. We've given you this ability to like craft stuff together and make these amazing machines. Like you said, you you see some crazy videos of people making like bombers that fly around and like take out enemies from the skies and like laser guided uh, cannons. And it's all this crazy stuff. It's really cool. But I think people just got really bored with, not bored with, not bored with it, but I think people got over it very, very quickly, and there was nothing yeah. to kind of keep your teeth into from a story perspective. Oh, like, which is which is a shame. I, I would have been nice if it was both. I guess so, and and, and I want to be clear. Like, what I'm saying isn't inherently an, a negative thing or a, or a negative reflection of the titles. I just feel like this year has been a year for, and again, I, this is why I'm curious whether it's just me, um, or whether it's like my the weird twisted version of social media that my algorithms have served me. Or whether it's us, or people listening to this live, people replying in the comments. Like even looking, I'm looking at a list now of critically acclaimed titles this year, picked out by uh, Wikipedia, and like Resident Evil Four. As a part of me that like, oh yeah, I just I'm just having a lot of oh yeah, that came out this year moments. I feel like remakes are a little bit different. I I feel like remakes, yeah, maybe a little bit different. But um, no, I think I think I'm the same as you. That there have been some weird, forgettable. And like, it's not that the game were forgettable. It's just that it's. It feels like something is happening at the pace, like the pace at which this year is moving. The volume of new releases, the volume of critically acclaimed releases, as alongside the kind of this sort of like ever morphing, ever changing digital side we live in, where you're being given, you know, you're inundated with games you need to play or like just can play for free in a lot of cases, depending on what you're subscribed to and so on and so forth. All the time, there's always something happening. It feels like games have an even shorter amount of time, you know, being the status quo. The zeitgeist is sort of more finite than ever before. I don't, I don't feel like I've ever had more games on offer to me to play at any one given time. And I, feel, I yeah. genuinely feel like I've got no time to, to get stuck into any... And I think I've bought two games this year, maybe three, um, and the rest have all come through. PlayStation Pass, oh, wow. yeah. Game Pass, and I've played loads. But I've not had to buy most of them, and so it feels like I've got. Yeah, it feels like I don't have time to sort of lament one game for too long before I'm moving on to something else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, I feel like that's the way things are going to keep going um, as you know subscription services to continue to rise to the top and continue to grow. And one subscription service that is technically growing, albeit by consuming um, another service, is Xbox Game Pass because Jonesy. Xbox Live Gold is no more. That's a give me a dramatic thing. That's what that needed. Um, yeah, so this was something that actually kind of leaked uh, just prior to Xbox confirming it. And it, I'll be honest, it's a little bit confusing um, depending on how deep you actually want to kind of read into this. Most people are just going to pick the service that sounds right for them and forget about it, and that's fine. But if you actually look at kind of what's on offer and some of the more conflicting elements of this, it's a bit weird. But essentially, Xbox Live Gold has now been replaced with something called Xbox Game Pass Core. Um, what that now means is that 
all the services that Xbox offer come under the Game Pass banner. Um, right. Which makes sense. That's kind of what PlayStation did when they were like, we don't need a service called PlayStation now. Let's just call everything PlayStation Plus and let people pay as much as they want. Xbox are kind of doing that. Um, it's going to be priced at the uh, the same as Xbox Live Gold was, which is $9.99 per month in dollars or $59.99 per year. Um, and the way they are justifying the Game Pass element of this is that rather than Games with Gold, which was the two to four uh, free games that you got per month, that's completely going as of September 1st. And it is being replaced with a library of over 25 games and exclusive member deals. Um, and those uh, that list of games, that library of games, is going to be uh, added to and presumably have some games taken out of it um, to keep it balanced two to three times a year. So you are trading out that um, Games with Gold deal and you're instead getting access to what is supposedly an ever-changing library of core, core titles, I guess. So is um, that the so the core then is that so effectively base level of Games Pass? So you're getting 25 games, a couple are going to change each year. Is that how that works? Well, that's so even though it's called Game Pass Core, this isn't really an extension of Game Pass. This is, this is the weird thing because obviously that 25 games, it, it, you know, there's over 100 games on Game Pass. Yeah. And when you look at when you look at the lineup that they've announced so far it's clear that they're not going whole hog. So, for example, when you look at the lineup, Halo 5 Guardians is there, not Halo Infinite. Uh, Forza Horizon 4 is there, not Forza Horizon 5. Yeah. So, so this it, is like the, the smallest version. Is what I'm, yeah, so it's like the, the base yeah. level, the entry level to Game Pass. Exactly. And the key component in all of this is that Xbox, much like PlayStation, on the console side of things, still require you to pay for online console multiplayer. So that is where this gets wrapped in. So if you're one of those people that essentially st like doesn't care about anything, doesn't care about bonuses or perks, you just want to play fucking Call of Duty against your friends or with your friends, you still need to pay the same $9.99 a month you always did, except now it's going to be called Game Pass Core and you're going to get this uh, list of titles for free. Um, which, as I said, like the, the, the lineup isn't bad. There are some newer things, like Psychonauts 2 is there. That's relatively recent. Um, other strong sort of like first party titles like Grounded is in there Ori and the Will of the Wisps some solid like critically acclaimed third party title Inside is in there um, like Fallout 4 I guess Doom Eternal is a strong one Dishonored 2 it's a bit of a mixed bag but it's it's fine um, for the core yeah. for core level if you're effectively getting all of this stuff uh, in addition to what you used to get for gold for the same price I think that's good I think the reality is you probably find inside of like six months to a year then the price will probably go up a little bit uh just because i think that's the way yeah. it's going at the moment um and i guess I one mean, of the reasons game, that... game pass prices went up uh 11 days ago yeah so i think i wouldn't be surprised if this was well no although if this is the core level maybe not but i suppose what you'd imagine what they're hoping is by rolling these two things together i'm guessing that if you decided to go full game pass price you would also get the ability to play on console with your friends rolled into it so when you come to well no that's the confusing thing because that would that was so, me would make so much sense if they were like no so at one dollar oh, more okay. yeah at 10.99 a month is xbox game pass console which gives you the full list of uh full access to game pass hundreds of high quality games on console new games on day one and the member deals and discounts but Game Pass Console, a more expensive offering, does not include 
online console multiplayer. How weird is that? I, oh, okay. But, but it's almost like because they had it's, it's it's almost like they had their pricing structure in place and realized that there would there's one dollar per month difference between all these two things, and they said to themselves, "Well, shit, like, 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 what do we value? Like, we can't if you add." If you add online multiplayer to cons to the console package, then there's no reason for core to exist. If you add the full Game Pass list to core, there's no reason for console to exist. We've accidentally created two products that are one dollar different in price, but separately offer the two things that are worth money to people. Yeah, yeah, and you wonder if it's because at the moment you've got a lot of people who were on my um uh, gold, who also had Game Pass for console, and what they don't want to do is overnight have. A whole bunch of people save themselves ten dollars a month well, and only you know an extra dollar onto the uh, game. That's weird. That's where you get. That's where you get the third wrinkle, which is that anyone prior to this who had both Xbox Game Pass console and uh, games with gold, what they essentially had was Game Pass Ultimate, which was the two of them wrapped together at uh, sixteen ninety nine a month in dollars. That is Ultimate is the one you go for. If you just don't know what the fuck is going on, because that will get you Game Pass on your PC, that will get you Game Pass on your console, and it will also let you play with your friends. Um, I feel like, okay. I feel like PlayStation have done the same thing that they have a. If you really think about it, you can get you can get a deal, but if you can't be bothered or if it's too confusing, you just go for the most expensive. Yeah, no, I know that's what I do because I just go. Yeah, give them up. Yeah. I'll just. I suppose. I suppose the what the strange thing is here though is the point you were just getting at, which is that for those for the people who decide they don't want to pay for the most expensive version, for the people who decide that they're either gonna go for nine ninety nine a month or ten ninety nine a month, they essentially have to make a decision between Game Pass or online multiplayer. It's very odd. That yeah, I don't like that. That it see it feels like they're trying to have their cake and eat it, but they're also trying to not annoy their maybe they're trying to not annoy their audience because what they don't want to do is say yeah, we've cancelled all of your memberships. You'll need to re-sign up. And then you run the risk of some people going, oh, I don't really use it. So you might find that it's they've done it in a way by just changing the name. Yeah. Yeah, this, this seems mean, a bit silly. Like, it does seem... And like for me, this is just an element of, like, I think they wanted to neaten this all up. Acknowledge that Games with Gold was a bit of an outdated, you know, service. Neaten it all up by calling everything Game Pass. But you couldn't call the service Game Pass without... Giving it some like element game pass like games. element yeah yeah so they drew a very small list of games up to basically throw at people who were essentially going into that service for online multiplayer. It, for me, it's just a it's a like the, that list of twenty five games is just a, a an excuse for them to call their for them to change the name from games of gold or Xbox Live Gold to Xbox Game Pass Core and have the Game Pass branding be there. In which case, what this probably is, is the first step on a path to a new structure that they don't want to, they, they need to get there slowly and carefully without annoying people. So this is probably not the end of the the road for um, a changes at Microsoft and Game Pass. I agree. I agree. Um, because I, I've been reading this off an official image they put out. Choose the plan that's right for you. And I think there are going to be a lot of people who look at this and say, well, actually, there isn't a plan that's right for me because I want game pass and i want to play with my friends but i don't want ultimate because i don't want pc so don't like don't make me go all in for the big all-in bundle to then pay for things i don't want when i just want these two things that are for some reason being kept apart from one from one another at the entry level price point which 
again, PlayStation... Well, PlayStation hasn't overcomplicated it because they don't put as big an emphasis on their library of games, right? Like, No, they yeah, yeah they've kind of just now gone for the three-tier. As long as you've got one of the tiers, you can play online with your mates. Cause it's, exactly, yeah. yeah. I think that's the real problem here, is that there's a way that you can own an Xbox, give Xbox $11 a month, and not be able and not have access to online multiplayer. The fact that that is an option or an avenue, even if Game Pass has fantastic value at eleven dollars a month, seems odd. But yes, um, I just want to. Uh, there's a, there was a convo in chat about whether how live we are, whether that we can see people's comments. So I just want to give a shout out to Mike Mosk in the chat. Who's uh, we are you are live live. We can see what you're saying. She said, shout, a shout out to everyone. He's chatting away. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're having a Divina, Divina McCall moment there. You were live on TV. Please do not swear. Live on Travel Four. That was yeah, yeah. Big for other days. Yeah. Sorry, you we you know. Uh, six, no, no, that was it. That was it. That was it. Okay. Yeah. Um, a bit of a weird situation. Um, all things can told. Um, but let's move on to something that hopefully is a slightly more. I don't know. Like. A messy situation in and of itself for reasons we'll get to towards the end of this conversation. But let's start with the good news, Jonesy, uh, which is that Black Panther fans can rejoice because EA have confirmed that a brand new Black Panther game is in development at their studio called Cliffhanger Games. Um, we talked about this before. There'd kind of been, been rumblings of this, um, but now it's all real. The studio was formed in 2021 and is notably led by Kevin Stevens, who was a boss at uh, Monolith during the development of Middle-earth Shadow of Mordor and also Middle-earth Shadow of War. So there is some pedigree there when it comes to third-person open-world action-adventure games. Um, they've also uh, got a team. They, I love when they do this. With the, they're boasting a team that has veterans of franchises, franchises including Halo, God of War, and Call of Duty, which, like, you could have hired an accountant that filed taxes for God of War and they would still be a veteran. That's... I'm not. I, I'm being. I'm nitpicking and so on and so forth. But like, no, I, I, I'm with you. I love it on film posters when it says like brought to you by the people who brought you, and then you find out that it's like the finance manager of the film. <laughs> yeah, they're not the important ones when it comes to this. You know, I need As to I, know who we're talking about. Was it scary movie? They got to the point where they actually turned that into a joke, and the poster would say like from two of the nine people that brought you the previous. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that was see. That's the way to do it. Honestly, is the best policy. Um, they have presented when they used to have presented by, uh, presented by Quentin, Quentin Tarantino, and it was oh, like a film he watched <laughs> that he liked. Yes, he presented. Did they do that for the film um, that Rizzo made, The Man with the Iron Fists? Oh, I remember that film? No, I've never seen it. I remember hearing about it, but I don't. Yeah, that might have been a presented by. I, I that almost had to have been a presented by Quentin Tarantino. Um, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the Black Panther game isn't presented by Quentin Tarantino because that actually is something that I would love to see uh, make it happen, EA. What it is, in fact, is, in their words, an original third-person single-player uh, game developed in collaboration with Marvel Games. And um, we've seen, Josie, some job listings at Cliffhanger that have suggested the game could be open-world. Um, and that lines up with some leaks we heard last year where I think it was actually Jeff Grubb described it as a big open-world Black Panther game supposedly the uh, previous incarnation of Black Panther dies at the beginning of the story and you play as the new Black Panther who has to kind of take up the mantle. Um, 
Sure. How are you feeling about the? Yeah, exactly. In true Wakanda Forever um, style, although hopefully you don't actually play as a female Black Panther because we all know that playing as women in video games is objectively worse than playing as men. Don't kill my power fantasy, please, EA. Right, Gen Z? Are you going to co-sign that statement? Yeah, Gen Z? 100. Eh, there he is. He's a true misogynist, just like he should be. Classic gamer. How are you feeling about a Black Panther game? Well, actually, this is a two-parter. Pretend you don't know it's open world. Pretend you just know... <laughs> Pretend you never heard that piece of information, and I'm asking you how you feel about the prospect of a Black Panther game, given what you know about the character, given what you know about Wakanda, given the kind of what, how you can imagine that character's skill set, as seen in comic books and movies, translating to a uh, an action-adventure game. I can't imagine it's going to be any good whatsoever. Like, why is that? I have to tell you, know, I have to ask. No, of course. So, like, realistically, like, what we're talking about is a, is a melee combat game centered around a super fast, super strong, agile character. Um, if you're not going for super stylized and you're trying to go for a third person action game, um, mm -hmm. the reality of the combat is, say, Spider Man. Um, like, for example. Yeah. Um, Spider Man, Batman, like. Not not they focused. But see, I, no, I, Batman. I, I think you lose the chunkiness of Batman. Batman is almost okay. Like, yeah, fair, has, fair. has a uh, in-your-face, gritty uh, punch-for-punch kind of fighting style. I don't think Black Panther's that. I think he's more Spider-Man from the Marvel Spider-Man game, where it's it's fleeting and quick, which is fine. But you basically tell me how. What do you think Spider-Man would have been like without this web swimming? Web swimming, swinging, Jesus, without the web swinging. And I'm like, that sounds terrible. Like it just sounds like a a frantic and fast kind of bit of a mess of a melee combat game i don't know it just doesn't sound great but to me what 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 if they were to do sort of like their own version of say but as you mentioned a spider-man like combat system with kind of like a focus on black panther's agility and claws and and so on and so forth but then for traversal obviously one thing that's interesting middle earth shadow of mordor middle earth shadow of war shadow of mordor in particular they were pretty small open worlds, but they were open worlds that you traversed uh, with no, you know, mounts or anything like that. They had weird, like, wraith abilities. Remember there's a, that ability where every time you hurdled over something, you could, like, press X, and then you would, like, sprint for, like, 50 yards. Oh, the uh, wraith ability was sick. Yeah I, yeah, I thought some of that stuff was really cool. Nice, no, and you're right, they, they did manage to do that. You also tap into games, and ignoring the scale of some of these elements, games like Crackdown or Prototype that have leveraged the super speed element and also kind of the height and jump although obviously we're probably not talking skyscraper level for black panther it's still ultimately just black panther but i don't know running running around very fast in games can be fun is what i'm trying to say like i find black panther such a weird character though like it because it's oh, i'm trying to imagine what that's like and the only thing i can think they're going to do is like a globe trotting but then it's not open world like where are they going to set it if it's open world and then if you say to me oh it's going to be wakanda no. Then I'm, I'm almost like, okay, so a super futuristic um, city. I feel like I've never seen anyone do that particularly well, that, which is why I think you always lean on something like uh, uh, cyberpunk kind of dystopian future because that works really well, but like a really clean cut, really nice. Unless the beginning of the game is Wakanda gets uh, attacked and then you go somewhere else and then the game is actually set in a completely different place. I did it. Just, yes, I don't know. The prospect to me sounds a bit strange. Um, and or the alternative is that you take a Wakanda and you make it, um, which they did in the films. 
you take the if you imagine the most advanced city the uh, or country the earth has ever known that is not what they do for wakanda in the films they make some weird like um futuristic african village place which is so strange yeah which still has like tribalistic elements to it but which is bizarre yeah but it's super weird because why would that's not what the most advanced city in the world would be like it's really weird and if they double down on that for a game that's is, is going to be a pretty bizarre place to play i don't know man open world sounds straight hub world i would give you you said it's a hub world maybe it is maybe it's a hub world of multiple different places around the world and he's got to go and solve because what i said i mean some saw him he was um they he was like doing stuff all over the world wasn't he like they were getting people in one country and then going to another country and fighting people that could be sick. in the in the movies in the movies yeah yeah yeah, well, he was well, he was everywhere, but well, because Wakanda, Wakanda was just a, a country, right? And so, like, you yeah, they were traveling in the event. Is it Avengers? He first appeared in. I think he, I think he was, um, or it was either Avengers or might have been Captain America: Civil War. Um, right. I yeah, know, that would make sense. So I think I, I think the winter, yeah, the Winter Soldier does like is accused of like blowing up like a UN meeting or something like and killing the president of Wakanda, right, or something like that, and that's what brings T'Challa kind of. He could be a cool oh, character. Like, he could be a cool character. I like Shuri as Black Panther. Um, I think she's cool. I'm perfectly happy to play as her. Um, I think that'll be. Uh, I like Marvel. Marvel do well with their stories. Often, like the way they weave realistic narratives into superhero dialogue. I, I quite like all of that. I just. I, I feel it's going to be weird. I don't know how. I can't imagine the gameplay for this. I can't imagine the traversal. I can't imagine the type of missions you're going to be doing. Can I? Can I offer like a? And it was a question. Jamie, do you know what Marvel's Avengers has, has completely broken me? How do you wait? Yeah, well, and the funny thing is about that, I didn't even play the Wakanda expansion. Uh, oh, yeah, that had a full, like that had a full, a fleshed out story with uh, T'Challa at the center of it. Uh, Christopher Judge voicing T'Challa. Can you still play that? Is it? I can't remember the date. Oh, it was all like offline. Even if the, I think the date has passed. The servers are up. You can play everything, but the date has passed where they're like, we're done now, and like all the everything's been made, all the cosmetics have been made free, and all the content in the game. So, like, if, in theory, if you want to play the most feature complete version of Marvel's Avengers, now is the time to do it. Fine. I might you know what um, I might do it. Maybe I'm Jay. Oh my goodness, <gasps> Jamie, we should have. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Streaming. Do a Marvel's Avengers stream. Just well, I would one. be curious to see. I would be curious to see what their take um, on. Um, Black Panther was uh, both in terms of how it potentially informs any direction that um, the EA and Cliffhanger could take it, but also just because the people who were still kind of around to review that expansion by the time it rolled out, well, I think okay, like mostly positive on it, and even just seeing Wakanda presented in, you know, in a video game, I think it could be interesting. That would be cool, but I think as soon as you say to me open world, that's when I'm like, that's I don't know about that. Like that sounds weird to me because I can't think how they're gonna. It depends on the size because I'm still thinking about like Shadow of Mordor was set in Middle Earth, but it wasn't like a representation of Middle Earth. It was almost like no. an excuse for them to dot open world shenanigans around a big muddy place filled with orcs, and they made it interesting through other means, like the um I've forgotten the name of the system, but um the Nemesis system. Excuse me. Yes, um, of course. Now, of course, I, I don't necessarily think that Black Panther could get away with that. I think that um. Open world games have changed a lot, even just in the the years since um, Shadow of Mordor, and the expectations around them have changed a lot. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Like, 
I'm 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 absolutely down for this. Um, do you know what, uh, what it is? If you said to me there's a Black Panther, uh, a Black Widow game coming out, I'd be like the least interested of any of the superheroes because it, I want I want the Black one Widow, Black Widow, because yeah. the, the close combat, the, the the melee combat can't really do much else. Are the least interesting to me. Even like give me give me Cap with his throwable shield, and then Black Panther is the one who has. Then let, let me set for like jumping on people with claw. Like it's the it's the mm. least interesting. Let me let me offer an alternative to you as to and this kind of leaps into a bigger point that I was going to make and but but this is a now a question to you about how the way this the way these characters are presented and the feelings you have for them and the nostalgia you have for them yeah. may be swaying you. Marvel's Wolverine isn't that just a dude who swipes at, like runs around swiping at people and it's cool and yet because of Insomniac and because Wolverine's fucking cool we're looking forward to it. Do you know what's happened? I've I've been. Uh, who's the? Is it Socrates? I've been. I feel like I've been Socratized. I, I it wasn't my intent to. No, you're you're absolutely right. Because I feel I feel the same way. I can I can I can't justify why. Well, I think it taps into what I was saying. Like, even when you look at the movies, which is a lot the way non-comic book readers like you and I digest a lot of these characters. I want more Wolverine. I don't want more Black Widow. That's just the way it is. And so it's, uh, there's no straight... Like, of course, it makes sense that that extends to the games. But when you try to come up with, like, gameplay or functionality reasons why you're excited for one and not excited for the other, it does become a little bit tricky. Other than the fact that Wolverine is more likely to fucking tear people in half and, like, blood and guts are going to fly everywhere. And that's funny. Part of, part of the Wolverine thing for me, though, is Wolverine is more like Batman, like you said. He's a, he's a power character who is who's invincible. And he take he's going to take loads of shots, and he's going to be slicing and dicing his way through bad guys, and he's going to be like a martial arts game. But when I think of Black Panther, I think of someone who's so agile that, like I said, it's me in my mind. My mind says it's going to be like Spider Man. He's going to have to be leaping around, flitting around. Maybe maybe they'll get actually maybe they'll give you gadgets like Spider Man's got to kind of mix up with him because technology is a really big thing with the Shuri Black Panther. Right? So actually, maybe they come, maybe they come up with a whole bunch of stuff that I'm just don't know enough about Black Panther and they move away. Because in my mind, Black Panther is like, jump on top of you and then to whack you with the claws and then leap onto someone else. So maybe there's not. Maybe Black Panther's got a whole wealth of like, cool tech, cool gadgets that I've just not really paid attention to. I should have done. And you might end up with a kick-ass game. But still, open world seems strange. Open world yeah. seems a bit weird. Um, but I anything at this point from Marvel, just do it, but make it better. And a, and a single player game, okay, yeah, you've got me. Like as long as it's not a travesty, like Avengers. Obviously, Marvel's Avengers is a bit of a disappointment. There have been some highlights um, in recent years. We talked just last week about the Guns of the Galaxy game. I wondered though if I maybe can at least theoretically test your patience for this um, for the, you know, the various incarnations of Marvel games we have coming in the future. Um, obviously, this is now the second. Um, uh, EA game in partnership with Marvel that has been announced um, and EA last year confirmed that their partnership with Marvel is for at least three games. The other one of course is an Iron Man game being developed by Motive whose most recent release was the Dead Space remake. Um, another game that I had already forgotten came out this year um, to tap back into what we were saying earlier. Then of course we jump back over to Sony Interactive Entertainment and Insomniac we already talked about Marvel's Wolverine you mustn't forget, of course, that technically Marvel Spider-Man 2, as the name would suggest, still very much a Marvel game. We then flip over to, um, for those who had forgotten, Skydance New Media, who, of course, um, under the watchful eye of Amy Hennig, 
are developing that as yet untitled Captain America and Black Panther in World War II game. So that we know about, we are talking about at least five Marvel games that are probably all going to be third-person action or third-person action adventure games, that are, and they're gonna all going to come out in the next three years, let's say. Um, at what point is enough enough? And don't get me wrong, the fact that these all look like they're probably going to be single-player third-person action adventure games, and a couple of them are going to have all of them are going to be open world, is leaves us with better prospects than in a post-Marvel's Avengers environment. And but but like yeah, at what point do we kind of reach um, fever pitch for? I don't think we do a Marvel title. So you don't think we do? Okay. I've kind of had a love-hate relationship with the Marvel movies. And interesting, like I wouldn't even put DC into this. Was it not if it was we were talking movies? But with games, I think when you've got those different characters and you can do so much with, them. like for example, like look, Black Panther might an open world Black Panther game might not be for me, but there might be people who absolutely love it. Um, a a, yeah. a World War Two Captain America and Black Panther game, I think you said, um, mm-hmm. that to me sounds so like, so much more of an interesting kind of weird prospect. And even though it's like one of the same characters, I still think they uh, a third person action game maybe like where you're like fighting your way through World War Two, and they can do some really gritty stuff with it. And Amy Hennig's attached. That to me sounds so much more exciting, and it's one of the same characters. You then say like right. obviously Wolverine, and the way that Wolverine is much more of a uh, like down in the dirt, gritty kind of character. Even though again, it's still Marvel. That that sounds cool as well. Like I'm, I think there is space to do different games. And different arcs and different feels, different art styles for all of these, and you might end, you then just end up with almost like a genre unto itself of superhero games. They just need to figure out how to get that right, because at the moment, the only games that have really done it well enough, I, I'm going to say like Spider Man and um, Batman, the only ones who seem to have nailed it. Right. Um, I can't think of many others, or if any others that have. Um, I remember Jesus. Remember that really terrible Iron Man game back in the day. It was just like yeah. Horrific. I think they made two of them, right? Oh, but they, I think they were yeah, because they were like movie tie-ins, weren't they? they came out. Yeah, the yeah, they were. Games. Like the, back back when the MCU started, there were really bad movie tie-in games for. I think there were two Iron Mans. There was a Captain America, and there was a Thor. Um, but the, that was still very much at a time where like really bad knockoff, you know, cash-in tie-in video games were being made. And it was kind of before Disney and Marvel kind of got a hold of the license. And I kind of know what you mean. Um, because on the one hand, I, I stand by what I said, that we're looking at five games that are all going to be third-person action adventure games or third-person action games or, you know, some variants in that genre. But on the other hand, like, that's a that's a, a criticism that you see levied at um, Sony quite a lot when it comes to their first-party output. And like there was, there's a world in which people looked at Uncharted, The Last of Us, Horizon, Days Gone, God of War, Death Stranding, Ghost of Tsushima, all these games, and said, "Well, they're all third-person action games." It's like, yeah, you're right, but you're missing the point. Yeah, um, how much you would have missed like there were some of the best games of the last decade if that was your opinion. So yeah. I think as long as they're differentiated enough, and as long as there's stuff in there to appeal to different audiences. And there are different hooks like story or action or traversal or, yeah, open world, uh, more linear narrative, more li- linear ne- uh, level design. I think they can do, it doesn't matter that it's it's Marvel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Plus, 
you've got DC out there with uh, Suicide Squad paving the way um, and reminding the world that you can do anything with these IPs just as they're, long as they're not live service games with the loot systems. Because yeah. then people will be unhappy. I'm so, man, I'm so, I'm so sad for like what's going to happen when Suicide Squad comes out. It's going to be terrible. And we know it's going to well, be terrible. I don't, they've had a lot of time with it, but they're not going to be able to fix it. And we're all going to cry a little bit. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to raise the argument that Chris would be raising if he was here right now and say, I'm going to hold out hope for, hold out hope for Suicide Squad. I don't know what it's going to look like when it reemerges and how different it's going to look like. The whole timeline of, you know, that, um, that PlayStation, uh, what, what do they call their live streams? I'm forgetting everything tonight. I'm sorry. Um, the, the the you know uh, PlayStation the, the, what are they the, what do they call their live streams? Uh, the play state of play. Jesus, state of play. My brain then was just like, at least your brain had it. Mine's state of play. State of play. When when they went when they had that state of play that had a massive Suicide Squad section and the game was delayed like seemingly I can't remember was it days afterwards weeks afterwards I can't remember but um. Yeah, that was I was what I was saying is that was such an unusual timeline that leaves you not sure what to think. But I'm still optimistic we get something cool out of it, and I hope Rocksteady haven't spent what was ultimately going to be nine years by the time that comes out, or just shy of nine years, making something that disappoints people. Also on the DC front, let's not forget that we talked about um, our old pal Kevin Stevens, who was of course the boss at Monolith um, during the development of Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War. Monolith themselves are also getting in the action. Uh, let's not forget they're making a Wonder Woman game um, on the DC side of things. I, Do you remember that? No, completely. It was a, about that. It was announced with like an all a very odd all CG trailer at one of Keeley shows like yes. two, a year or two ago. No, now you say that I do remember that. Weird. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that that's another one. If you said to me there's a Wonder Woman game coming, I'd be like, okay, what? And you were like, oh, it's an open world Wonder Woman game. I'm like. What am I doing? Like, it's it's going to be L.A. Noir, except I'm going to be whipping people and making them tell me the truth about stuff. And then I, actually, I would play that game. Are you kidding? That's all amazing. Like, I just, sometimes I find it hard to think like, okay, what's this game? What's this game going to be? And to be fair, most of the time is because there hasn't been a game like it before. Um, and actually, when they so for example, when I remember when Shadow of Mordor uh, was coming out, and I thought this is going to be terrible. Um, there's they're always talking about the gimmick of the uh, the nemesis system and it and i'm not a um lord of the rings guy and this is going to be crap i don't care about any of that um fantasy rubbish and then i absolutely yep. loved it and like totally. i was saying the wraith the bad the fight system with the wraith mode where you could you could attack like five enemies in a row and by the end of the game you felt so legit like your power fantasy was oozing um you know your lord of the rings power fantasy and it was uh another level so hey i'm gonna I, yeah I'll, I'll rein back in some of my criticism and say I'm looking forward to all of these games. And I cross my fingers that they're all going to be bangers. Yeah, um, me too. Me too. Um, again, like it's going to be one of those things that some people are going to look at that lineup and, and look at the fact that they're all uh, comic book properties and bemoan the lack of creativity and the lack of um, new intellectual property being pumped through the games industry at the moment. But um, I kind of side it side with you on the fact that while I think I think there is an argument to be had there, um, I can see why video game companies and publishers are becoming less and less risk averse over time. 
as video games take longer and longer to make and are more and more expensive to produce. And we just kind of have to focus on hoping that the the, the, the quality of the end product uh, remains as high as it possibly can be. Um, so we will see. Um, it, it's, it's impossible to know at this stage, uh, outside of, of course, uh, Marvel Spider-Man 2, um, and potentially even Wolverine, it's impossible to know which of these games we're going to kind of see first. I mean, certainly the um, the uh, the black the black about the game that we've been discussing seems it is very early on. Even if the studio itself was supposedly formed in twenty twenty one, likewise, you know, the Iron Man game um, motive just shipped Dead Space earlier this year, so uh, they're probably only just moving on to that now at the time of recording. So exciting times from the comic book fans. Hopefully, exciting times for gamers of all shapes and sizes. And with that, Jonesy, um, that's actually the last uh, news story that we had uh, noted down for today. It, unless there's anything else that you kind of want to loop back around to or talk about. I, I, I hope we haven't sold people short tonight. No, I don't think we have. The, uh, the, I will say I'm excited about next week's show because um, on the podcast next week, hopefully, I will have watched uh, the Flash movie because um, we're getting oh, right, really yeah. sent a link. Uh, for the premiere, so I'll be able to watch it from today um, to next Monday. I'll be able to watch it as many times as I like. And having just watched Black Adam and the absolute tripe that that was, uh, I'm excited to subject mm. my wife and a friend of ours who's big into comic books to um, another piece of absolute trash from the DC yeah. universe. Say say you want about Warner Brothers, but they clearly don't listen to this podcast. Um which which works for us, right? Do you know what? My expectations are so low at this point that I'm. I think even if it's half decent, I'll then I'll probably be singing his praises next week. Um, but I'm a little bit excited about that uh, to see the Flash film. Um, so I saw something this week that made me even more excited about seeing it, which was that I think it made less money um, at the box office than oh god, what was the film? There was there was a, a another pile of shit came out. Mountain. Yes, yes, thank you. It was Green Lantern. Um, it made it did worse than Green Lantern and has already like left cinemas. Yeah, so I'm like, the, 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 I'm the, I, I saw that factoid doing the rounds under the guise of someone wrote a tweet where like where they said, I guess Ryan Reynolds now has another joke that he can squeeze into the next Deadpool movie, and it just reminded me. I mean, this is an unpopular opinion, and I know it's going to be particularly unpopular this week after pictures of um. Of Hugh Jackman's Wolverine on the set of Deadpool 3 have uh, leaked and done the rounds a little bit, but Deadpool's... The more I think about Deadpool and that sense of humour, the less it's for me. And I really hope Deadpool 3 changes my mind. Um, That's fair. Although, actually, it's not going to change my mind, because the whole time I'm going to be watching it, I'm going to be thinking about the fact that they should that, that character should have been left at Logan, and, like, nothing's going to change my mind about that. Like, I, I, wow, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. But, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. That's fair. That's fair. To each their own. Um, speak to each their own. Who disagrees that Logan was the perfect way to rest one of the most like significant portrayals of a comic book character of the twenty first century? No, I agree. I agree with that point. But then, um, obviously, with Deadpool, like he's done time travel, he's done other stuff. So, and it's yeah, it's, it's, it's a fucking cop out. It's a fucking cop out. No, bring, bring back, bring back Keaton's Batman to the fucking cows come home. But like, when someone has the when someone has the perfect send off of a movie. That in itself has a character and a story thread about it that is an indictment of of studios trying to kind of like reutilize and rework and rejuvenate characters to like to no end, to no end, and with no joy or no success. To then wheel that character out again 
for a fucking comedy movie. So Ryan, for for a for a gag where Ryan Reynolds can fucking go back in time and and kill Fox property. I don't even know. Like, I, I I'm I'm past it. I'm past it. It feels you, like you 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 made you made me smirk and go huh, a few times with that gag at the end of Deadpool two. I don't need a whole movie of it now. I I just I feel kind of feel like the Deadpool movies are thing unto themselves and to have Wolverine in it is not to be is not to try and undo what Logan did I feel like it's a different thing that that makes sense I know they're supposedly in the same universe but I don't feel like they're in the same universe I I I, I agree with you in a sense I just feel like it undermines it slightly um well when I I just I, I think it's just as just as commercially motivated as it is creatively yeah no no uh, yeah you're probably right about that and it, and it would be it would be um, na- naive of me to think that otherwise, because at the end of the day, it's all you know. It's not because Ryan Reynolds had a chat with Hugh and they decided, wouldn't it be fun? No, like come on. It's yeah. at the end of the day, it's all for commercial gain and what they think they can get away with. But at the same time, if I don't think, I don't think they can do any more Deadpool movies after this one. I think this is going to be. I hope they don't. And if this is the last one, and you said to me, would you want? Uh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine in the final Deadpool movie. I'm like, yeah, come on, like, give me that. Just let me have those two. You you say the final Deadpool movie like that has some gravitas. It's the third in a series of average comedies. I, okay, but I personally really like Deadpool. I, I'm I was already invested into Deadpool before oh, the. Movie. I'm down. For, I'm down oh, for Deadpool. I'm down for Deadpool. You know, brackets the character. <laughs> Deadpool brackets the series. But you know that I sit. You know Reynolds that I simpler Ryan Reynolds, so that you know. I yeah, I know that when Deadpool finishes and he goes on to make another three hundred million dollar budget Netflix original that twelve people watch and Netflix tell you twelve million people watch that you will actually be one of the twelve. That's great. More power to you. I I own the Deadpool. Uh, is it PlayStation Two game or PlayStation Three? Uh, PlayStation Four. Oh, was it four? Okay, I haven't I haven't played it yet. It's still yeah. in the it's still in the plastic. Hey, here's the real question. Do you own a Deadpool Funko Pop? I've ne- I've tried to buy one multiple times, but I can't find one that I actually want to buy. There are so many of them, but none of them have grabbed me, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You get away with it, but not for the right reasons. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't. Be the clean blow. I don't. Um, okay. Well, um, hopefully that whet your, whet your appetite for more comment book chat this time next week when Jonesy comes in with this opinions of the flash and and why ezra miller is a good person who should be rescinded of all his bad deeds and go on to have a long and 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 you know flourishing career in hollywood because that's what jonesy actually believes he told me off camera um but in the meantime i don't know um what i uh, let's hope some video game news happens i tell you what jonesy if we get to like saturday and it doesn't seem like anything's happened i'll um I'll swat a Ubisoft office at random, just a random European one, and um, and then we can get a few cheeky headlines. Glazer Ozzani, yeah, exactly. So he's he's back again. He's done it. You should have locked him up. He was actually halfway through his community service when he got angry. At um, we said it was going to happen, and it did. Yep, he was there, bin liner in one hand, mobile phone in the other, calling um whatever the French version of the nine of nine 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 is, um probably. I don't know, 111 or something stupid like that. Um, anyway, that's it for this week's episode of the Super Show Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, for watching, for listening, however you chose to partake. Thank you, Jonesy, for being here with me 
for providing such excellent insight into all these topics and into your personal life. Um, Thank you. You Jim. made it a really you made you you made this a memorable episode of the podcast. Thank you, man. Thank you for being such an amazing host as always. Ah, it's, it's my pleasure. I can already see the comments now. I can. I'm envisioning a comment. It says, "I wasn't sure whether or not to watch this episode of the podcast, but now that I have, I can absolutely say without a shadow of a doubt, this is one of the episodes of the podcast ever." Um, and you've been here to enjoy it. So thank you so much for joining us on whatever the fuck this journey was. And with any luck, we'll see you back here, same place, same time, next week, for more Super Show goodness. Until then, have a great life. Goodbye. Cheers, everyone. See ya.